0: Like everything, it is a village. I can tell you there are so many organizations, communities, and associations within the state that have banded together over many, many years to help deploy broadband. So we're honored to continue to sit at the table with these long-serving, dedicated people as well as really help translate the need for infrastructure to support a phone or a device, in some areas, frankly, a phone call, and that's needed in order to have that telehealth encounter.
1: Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This is Rural Health, the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association. I'm your host, Scott Hertzberg, President of the CSRHA, and joining me in today's episode is Kim Kupinger, who serves as President of the California Telehealth Resource Center and Chief Experience Officer for OCHIN. Kim, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. I'm excited to talk all things CTRC.
0: Thanks, Scott. And that sounds like a big job now that you just said it. (laughs) But I think like everybody else in our world of healthcare, we all wear multiple hats. But at the, at the same time, we're all together in one mission, and that is to serve our patients. So I appreciate the time today. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So last summer, we spoke with Lindsay Haas from the CTRC. And I know it's like we're kind of getting our annual check-in with you all because <laughs> is, like in the world of healthcare, especially going through public health emergency and all that stuff, it's rapidly changing. I remember when this first started, I was getting a new set of regs every month. And you know now with the timing, this is May 2023, it's a different world than it was last summer. So for those who didn't have the opportunity to listen in last summer, can you just kind of tell everybody who exactly the California Telehealth Resource Center is and what you all do?
0: Sure. Uh, thank you so much. So what CTRC does, CTRC was founded in 2006. And it has always been funded out of a HERSA grant. So there's many telehealth resource centers around the country, and in California, where we are blessed to have our hardworking crew under the California Telehealth Resource Center, which again is funded annually by HERSA. So they are we're, the team is non-biased. CTRC is non-biased. We're not part of a payer or delivery system. We're really out there working on behalf of all providers and healthcare organizations that are seeking to either build a telehealth program. Hey, where do we start? Where where do we begin? What are the questions we should be asking? All of that starter package, the California Telehealth Resource Center team helps partner with you on, or perhaps it's, we've had telehealth, we've had it for a while, maybe we're just using it for behavioral health. What else can we do with telehealth? What are other people doing in the space of telehealth? So how can you help us optimize our use of telehealth? So the CTRC team does that also. And these are very hardworking. They're doing it out of love. Trust me, there's no stock options when you're HRSA grant funded. Um, As many of our healthcare organization partners, they are, you know, living under grants also. So uh, again, out there in the field working really hard as well as, you know, some of these keeping abreast of what you talked about earlier, referenced earlier. What's happening now with the ending of the Public Health Emergency Fund? You know, what should we plan for and expect next, both at a state level as also a federal level? And again, the CTRC is your go-to team who keeps abreast of all of those activities, both at a state level, as well as a federal level.
1: And you all are throughout, like you're in all 58 counties of California, right? So if you're in California, no matter where they are, CTRC can help you out. I know I work in mental and behavioral health and telehealth has been huge for my company in the last few years. So you you mentioned OCHIN, what exactly is, is OCHIN? Because that's greater than just California. OCHIN is, is a, like a parent organization, right?
0: Yes. So OCHIN, so first of all, let's start with the main question. What does OCHIN, O-C-H-I-N, stand for?
1: I think I guessed it last year. I guessed it last year, and I could not pull that out of my hat if I tried.
0: It used to stand for, 20 years ago, it used to stand for Oregon Community Health Information Network, but quickly, quickly um, moved out of Oregon, uh, moved south to California. And right now, California is our largest state by way of everything that OCHIN does, which also includes our subsidiary, California Telehealth Network that helps support broadband and obtaining broadband in the state. And then under California Telehealth Network is our hardworking grant, our CTRC folks. So at the end of the day, OCHIN really is, and along partnering with California Telehealth Network and then CTRC, it's all about providing the tools necessary for patient care regardless of location. That is the North Star for which we all work for in partnership with you in partnership you know with all of our rural and also urban uh, providers and, and patients. So it takes a village, And one of the opportunities when California Telehealth Network, when we were talking to CTN about merging, is that when you're grant funded, you know, you don't have the money for a marketing department, you don't have the money for an HR department, you don't have the money, right? And so through that merger, we were able to give some wind underneath the wings so that every dollar of the grant can be spent directly providing the necessary support services to the providers and OCHIN can, you know, do payroll and all all those other administrative functions for the CTRC.
1: That's nice. I need to get an OCHIN. The the (laughs) CSRJ is also grant funded and there's like a handful of us, you know, it's, it's rough stuff, but big dreams. Right. And so it's, it's great that ocean is able to, you know, be that wind beneath the wings, as you said. So, so we're in the month of May and it is mental health month. I work in mental health. We use telehealth all day, every day, but I know that you, and you talked about like, Hey, we want to expand beyond that. And I know that's particularly challenging in rural communities. As you said, broadband is an issue. I do not live in a rural community and I was having issues with my internet earlier today. I can't imagine what it's like if you don't have all those resources available to you. So, you know, how does CTRC and, and telehealth in general really support our rural communities?
0: Well, like everything, it is a village. I can tell you there are so many organizations, communities, and associations within the state that have banded together over many, many years to help deploy broadband. So we're honored to continue to sit at the table with these long serving, dedicated people, as well as really help translate the need for infrastructure to support a phone or a device, in some areas, frankly, a phone call, and that's needed in order to have that telehealth encounter. And then on the other end, you know, where is that provider sitting? What does the provider also have the equipment, the infrastructure in order to provide care? Via that telehealth encounter, so it's it's on both ends. Our work is not done together. Um, it's not done. Um, I don't think it will be done until every single person in the state can confidently say, "I can do my behavioral health visit in in your world via my phone or a tablet or my computer," versus needing to. I have to arrange to get two hours off from work. Then I have to drive to wherever I need to drive to. And then I have my much needed visit. And somewhere in between there, I have to go pick up my kids from school. And, and I mean, this is the reality. Well, did, were, and, you, were
1: you listening into my conversation <laughs> with my wife last week? I mean, seriously, this is, yeah, it's it's the situation.
0: Right. And so in those kinds of scenarios, how many people forego and say it's just too much? I'm not going to get that much needed care that I that I need because of all of these barriers versus taking a 20-minute or 25-minute break from work, going into a room or your car or closing the door to your office or wherever it is, and being able to get that much needed care without needing to, again, take off work, (laughs) go deal with daycare, daycare things, maybe lose wages, which, I mean, going to the grocery store right now, nobody can afford to lose any pay between the grocery store and the gas station so so this this is what telehealth does it provides that care to the patient wherever they are
1: so what are some examples of because like i mean mental health is an easy obvious one because there's not you know a physical exam component to it right you you don't have to like check my pulse and and you know take my temperature and things like that you're if I've got a broken arm, I'm not holding it up to the camera necessarily, but there are other care, that's other care besides mental health care, right?
0: Yes. There's there's a lot of care that has opened up, you know, the pandemic did a lot of terrible things to us worldwide. Yeah. And it also did force us to innovate and provide ways to, to provide care in all different kinds of settings. And so, you know, we have experience, we have direct experience with children being able to get neurological care, again, via, via telehealth. We have examples whereby a baby is being delivered in a rural setting that needed a specialist OBGYN, and they were able to remote her in within the room.
1: Because telehealth doesn't always mean that the patient is at home necessarily.
0: Correct. The specialist
1: is on the other side of the state and can be as if they were in the room.
0: That's exactly, that's exactly right. And, and when you're in that kind of set situation, time is of the essence. You have three choices, right? Bring the specialist in, in, in a telehealth way. That's option A. Option B, am, ambulance over roads, which in the state of California, your weather has not been the kindest <laughs> this year. And so lots of road closures or fixed wing transport, you know, so it's helicopter or plane, which is very expensive. And then again, requires, you know, that the weather cooperates. So being able to remote in as a specialist for an emergency delivery, we've also had experiences of people remoting in for stroke, and also cardiac issues. All of those are examples whereby telehealth has been able to give that much needed input or care at the time that is very time sensitive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I hadn't considered that. I've been, I think I've done three or four episodes on telehealth and I have never considered those mm-hmm. those other features where the patient maybe is able to be at their local you know clinic health center but the person that they need to work with is not that's fantastic i know my my wife had a situation you know several months ago where she just needed to do a follow up you know post surgery follow up but her provider was an hour and a half away and she said oh yeah we can just quickly pop on the computer together i just need to talk to you and and see you and you know that again save my wife like she's a teacher so it's like she would have to get a sub for the day and you know, drive hours and all this stuff, or she popped into her car, got on the phone, and was able to do that follow up five minute appointment. So many benefits to to telehealth.
0: There's so many benefits. And does does it address every single situation? Of course not. You know, there's always still value to in person care. But it's an option. And in, in this world, and the pandemic really threw us into what are those options? You know, we were able to, during the pandemic, to obtain a grant in order to deploy remote monitoring devices for patients. So hypertension, so that's the other, you know, being able to use devices to do remote monitoring for patients, especially during pandemic. People with comorbidities, so they may have hypertension or asthma or other underlying conditions for which made them at high risk during the pandemic for COVID and being able to monitor them remotely using devices and then also adding in a telehealth visit. So again, patient didn't need to increase their susceptibility by going into a facility pro- provider would be able to those check facilities on them. full
1: of sick people, right? That, like
0: That's exactly that's exactly right. Or maybe yeah. again, the worst of all worlds is to forego seeking any care.
1: Which I think happens more often than than folks realize. That yes. they say, Well, it's not so bad yet. I'll just you know, go to bed early and take a bath and I'll be fine. And like, maybe that's, not, maybe, maybe you actually do need to get that care.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Okay. So you, you all are grant funded and that kind of helps offset a lot of what you're able to provide to others. So you talked about remote monitoring, what sort of other services can the CTRC do and, and, you know, who are they working with?
0: So CTRC is working with many, many, many providers throughout the state, all shapes and sizes, uh, clinics, of course, you know the the clinics, hospitals, independent providers. We will work with schools. Schools are a community hub, so there's many many school-based health centers for which perhaps they are providing services for for the kiddos. So there could provide behavioral health support, perhaps they need a link to a behavioral health provider that isn't in area. But again, you can set up the telehealth visit in school, link to the provider, maybe the provider also could consult with that kiddo's main provider, so there's a consultation provider to provider ability also, and then also a visual, so specialists can get a visual of that child, and which often picture can t- can tell a lot. You know, you work in the field, so you know if someone's sitting across from you, whether versus just audio. How are they presenting?
1: Yeah, there's a lot that can be can be seen that you maybe won't think to volunteer.
0: That's exactly right. So CTRC will work with pretty much anyone who calls us, <laughs> and we have lots lots of tools. So when you go first of all to our website, there are there's many many tools on the website. So that's option A. Option B on the website is information about up-and-coming webinars for which who doesn't love to actually ask somebody in the room a question? I'm I'm a big fan of I want to ask a question to a real life human being. And so so there's webinars and then coming up is our annual conference. So coming up in June is which also you can find on our website. Is our 2023 telehealth summit? So that's okay. So your June.
1: website is caltrc.org, right?
0: Correct, caltrc.org. Okay.
1: Yeah, we'll make sure to get that in the show notes for sure.
0: Okay. Um,
1: okay. So, so talk to me about this this conference that you have coming up, and then I want to dive into the PHG.
0: So the conference coming up this year will be virtual. Before the pandemic, we always had the conference somewhere in California in person, but it was too late this year to find a venue. So this year will be virtual. Uh, I strongly suspect next year we'll be back in person, and um, which we're really looking forward to. Also, what's nice, just for anybody who is going to the National Rural Healthcare Conference, in a couple of weeks in San Diego, our CTRC staff will be at the national TRC booth. So they will be working the booth. So you can go to the national TRC booth and meet our staff. I will be there also. But again, by level of importance, our staff is much more important than me. And they, <laughs> they, are, they are the subject matter experts. So we will be there at the booth.
1: All right, so we've got the National Rural Health Association. Yes, in at the end of May down in San Diego, and then the CTRC is June 13th and 14th, and that's Correct. virtual. Okay, Correct. well I'll make sure that we have the links for all that in our show notes, so folks can can sign up for that. Definitely. Okay. okay we'll so PHE. <laughs> so PHE. So so it's it's ending. At the time of this recording, this is May second. Um, the PHE is ending on May eleventh, which is next week. And this, so this is the the federal COVID nineteen public health emergency. And for for some folks, it's the ending of it is going to be a big difference to what they're doing right now. Especially if you're not in rural, <laughs> but if you're in rural, there's some stuff that's going to stick around. So, and I know. Today, I even got emails from folks saying, hey, can we still bill for telehealth? Like, it's, it's still coming in today. A lot of people are unclear what exactly is, is changing, what's staying. So can you please shed some light on, on what, you know, June and beyond will look like for rural telehealth?
0: Sure. So again, this is a tricky, tricky situation. So I'm going to summarize it. And then uh, again, we have lots of detail on our website, as well as we're more than happy to talk about this, you know, together as well as we'll talk about it at our, at the conference. But in summary, to be, to simplify it, the wonderful thing about the state of California is that Medi-Cal has permanently extended much of the coverage. So Governor Newsom, and again, I'm sure a million people that today I don't have all their names, um, as well as Ochen and our policy and advocacy team, as well as our TRC folks, that Medi-Cal has extended much of the coverage for the state, in the space of telehealth
1: so fantastic They're,
0: it's so fantastic and just again a big shout out to all of the swarms of people that help make that make that happen there's some exceptions because there's always mm-hmm. some little you know fine print so so one of those exceptions is that a patient needs Cannot be established as a patient for a provider via audio only. So, so you have, there's some exceptions there. So we're more than happy to walk you through that, but there is, there are a few little exceptions. And then at the federal level for Medicare, Medicare coverage for telehealth, that is really that next that's that next step. And we are, it's a call to action to, to have coverage for our Medicare patients at the federal level. Ochin is in DC working on this on behalf of California, as well as all the other states for which we have a presence in but that's that's really what the next step is going to be. There's some details also about prescribing. So when we talk about medications for prescribing controlled substances, so the DEA, so that stands for Drug Enforcement Administration, they have proposed to limit some prescriptions to a 30-day supply. So that's, that's pending. There's some details about refilling. So those are some things that people are going to want to pay attention to, not a definitive rule yet, it's proposed rule. And so we will be track are tracking that not will be we are tracking that closely, so that we can provide all of the information on those rules, as they get solidified, again, out through our website, but also webinars and all the other communication vehicles that we have as part of TRC.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I just popped onto your website and my goodness, it is overflowing with <laughs> wonderful information. There is yes. there's a new blog post. There's a really cool timeline with links throughout the timeline that lays stuff out. So I I strongly recommend caltrc.org. Folks, go check it out. It'll answer a lot of your questions that you have. Proposed (laughs) rules are so sneaky. As a a person who works in compliance, you'll get this proposed rule that happens in like 2008. And then all of a sudden it's 2013 and they're like, all right, we've agreed to the proposed rule. And you're like, wait, what proposed rule? (laughs) I was at a different job in a different state in a different field. I have no idea what you're talking about. So- I love that you all are tracking this and reporting out on it.
0: We, we are and, and synthesizing what that really means to real life people on the ground, such as people managing billing at clinics, you know, Oh yeah. What the coding is,
1: compliance that's going to happen here. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This, this is huge. All right. And if, then if folks have questions, caltrc at ochin.org. That's where they can, if they don't find what exactly what they need on the website, they can reach out to you. Not you specifically, but to, to your team that way.
0: Yes. They can reach out to us through, through the website and we will get back to people right away. As well as if you see something missing or would like, could you, could you just talk to us directly? more more than happy to do so because at the end of the day every single person that we touch is another stepping stone to having telehealth and the availability of telehealth as an option for patient care in the state
1: okay so if you currently are doing telehealth obviously California TRC is is who you want to work with. If you're thinking about doing telehealth, obviously caltrc.org lots of information and you know, it's it's a resource here. You guys are low no cost. Great right? for for anyone who's looking out. There're definitely a lot of telehealth resources out there that are not low or no cost. So, I think that the CTRC should definitely be the first stop for anyone who's looking for more information. And you've got a conference coming up, all this information on your website. It's it's a no brainer to me. Like if if you're thinking about it or already doing it and you want to keep doing it, caltrc.org, you guys will have a booth and you'll be speaking in San Diego at the NRHA conference. So thank you so much. This is is a huge resource. I'm glad we were able to connect in time before, you know, this this will get out. So I can, you know, go and share this out. Even though this episode might not hit for a couple of weeks, this is good information that we can signal boost for everybody.
0: Well, thank you, Scott. Again, would like to thank you and you know your the whole organization again on the support. We'll never know actually every single person that we're able to in some way, make a small difference in their life. And that's what we're all committed to.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, Kim, on behalf of the CSRHA, thank you so much for, for coming on to talk with us today. I greatly appreciate it. I hope our listeners find some value in this and, and go click some links to learn some more information.
0: All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you.
1: This is Royal Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association, and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrha.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter, at CSRJ Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.